This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 210 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and this week I'm joined by Chris. How are you doing man? Are you well? Hello Mr Ward. Yes, very well indeed. Thank you. How are you? I'm very well. For for fairly obvious reasons um, that we will come on to, but uh, yeah, it's been from a footballing perspective, it's been a, a pretty good, uh, pretty good Easter weekend, hasn't it? It's easy being a football fan, isn't it? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's not easy being a football fan, not easy being a Lincoln City supporter. Um, but it's weekends like this last one that that just kind of make it all worthwhile. Absolutely. Uh, just buzzing, absolutely buzzing after both those games, P- particularly Plymouth. Obviously, we're going to touch on this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just it was, it couldn't have gone better. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so like, <laughs> awful weekend off the pitch um, oh, no. for a number of different reasons. But uh, yeah, very good one on it. But we will do our contractually obliged allocated banter time. Um, because uh, you know we we don't want to just go straight into football straight away because you know that's a that's not what we always do and b uh, you know uh, we just want to just want to drag it out and tease you know tease it a little bit yeah yeah because when I'm on you know we never have enough time to fill do we you know so <laughs> it's a very fair point actually but uh, yeah so so away from uh, away from the pitch um, there are plans afoot at the moment. Um, for for a certain Mr Hutchinson's uh, stag weekend, and uh, obviously with it being stag weekend, there are embarrassment plans in the works. Um, so Chris and I thought, you know, it would only be fair um, to to kind of put across some of our unintentionally embarrassing moments. So the the most embarrassing moments that uh, that we can think of. Um, there was a few for me, for you know, un- unsurprisingly. Um, but uh, but yeah, do, do you want to do you want to kick off, Chris, or do you want me to? I'll I'll get it out of the way and don't okay. we? Because because <laughs> it is. Um, I don't want to give too much away about kind of 
my my life away from here. Um, but between me and my friendship group, um, there is something which is known as a lambing error. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. you know, I, I am a little prone to a, an error now and then. Um, <laughs> you know, there's always one in there somewhere, sadly. Um, so there's a few to go. I was, I was saying, talking to my mate, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not engaged um, yet. I'm sure it will happen at some point. Um, but whenever I do get married, my, my best man's going to have a lot of ammunition, sadly. <laughs> um, but there's, there's one that always just stands out. And I was learning to drive uh, for ages, and I was at college at the time. And how it used to work is I used to have my driving lesson. I used to get picked up about 3.30 on this particular day, whatever sort of time my college would normally finish, do my driving lesson, and then get the 5 o'clock bus home back to rugby. That's that's what it, how it did it for weeks. So when it came round to my test... Um, I passed fourth time, by the way, and I think it was test number two that I failed. So I'd been to college. I didn't enjoy college at all. So I had a bad day at college, went and did my driving test, failed it, got stuck in traffic driving back into town. And it was on Silver Street in Lincoln where you've, so you've got two bus stops. Yep. So there's one next to the that uh, stationary place and there's one further down the on end past the pool place used to be called Riley's yeah, yeah, called yeah, now. Yeah. Um, and the bus used to stop at both of them on the same street and it was really really busy and we were literally right behind the bus so the driving instructor was like what do you want to do? I was like, I'll get out I'll get out here and I'll peg it from here to the other one <laughs> and I'll hopefully get ahead of the bus and then jump on the bus it was a great idea, obviously I was in a bit of a rubbish mood, just failed my driving test for the second time, cost me my mum and dad a fortune bless them and um I started running and I think I must have just said to the driving instructor, I'm going to, I'm going to try and get on the bus. I think he might have thought I was going to try and just literally just knock on the door and try and get on. Yeah. Whereas what I, in my head, I think, no, I'll, I'll do it properly. I'll get to the other bus stop and get on. Anyway, as I started running, the traffic started moving. So oh, I had to okay. speed up and my driving instructor overtook me <laughs> and I could see him looking at me like thinking, what the hell are you doing? He could have got on the bus. And I was just kind of, tried to mouth to him and kind of just just indicate to him no i'm going to go to the other bus stop at which time i ran straight into a lamppost <laughs> and uh i genuinely floored myself i was i don't think i was knocked out but i was I, I was knocked to the ground and it was head first it was genuinely head first everyone on the bus saw got myself up dusted myself down absolutely pegged it as fast as i possibly could to the other bus stop got on and you can only imagine the reception I got. Oh, That's I, just want, I just wanted the world to eat me up. What a bad day. Beat that. But you made the bus. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. You did make yeah, the that would have been the, uh, the icing on the cake, wouldn't it? About yeah. yeah. I pegged it to the other one stop and I still didn't get on it. I will I say, though, I if you'd have gotten there, they wouldn't have let you on. Like if if you'd have gotten there like between stops, they wouldn't have let you on. I know this because I would must have tried it before, yeah. and I knew that I wasn't able to do it. But I could just see my driving instructor look, at, give me a funny look, thinking, "I thought you said you were going to get on the bus. Why are you running? Tra- why are you running yeah. past it?" Sort of thing. Bang! Straight into that lamppost. <laughs> oh, it was so busy around there. <laughs> see, I once did that. Tried to get on the bus in between stops, and uh, the bus driver um, was ignoring me. So I knocked on the door politely, and uh, he turned around and flicked the V's at me. Um, Lovely. So uh, I went right. Okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna head down to the next stop. And I got to the next stop, and I got on the bus, and I said, "Don't really appreciate you swearing at me when I was just trying to get on the bus." And he goes, "I can't let you on there. I could lose my job." So, all right, but you didn't need to swear at me. Anyway, um, yeah, embarrassing moments. Um, 
th- there is one that involves me face planting the floor. Um, Sounds like a good place to start. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's there's two that immediately spring to mind. I mean, the first one, um, I when I was you know I went to uni to do music production and music technology all that stuff um so coming out of it i wanted to be a music producer or you know to, to go into that field um so a friend of mine was like hell yeah cool i've got a you know a friend of mine they that you know they've, they've got a band they want an ep producing they want a few bits doing so got it all together and i was like right okay i'm gonna we found some time we, we actually recorded in his living room and his garage which was bizarre uh, but managed to get the tracks all mixed and everything. I was like, oh, cool, yeah, that sounds, you know, it's going to sound really good. Um, and then we went out for a walk around the village um, to do like a little bit of a photo shoot for, you know, for their band and all that. So I said to myself, right, I'm going to just hang back and, you know, not get involved because it's not my place and all the rest of it. So we got to a point as we were walking down this uh, little alleyway, a uh, little sort of track. And they said, oh, cool, Can you? Um, would you mind taking a photo? I was like, yeah, sure, not a problem. So they got the camera. Um, and then they said, oh, uh, it might look better if you, if we kind of got it from above slightly. So climbed a tree. I, I did, I've very rarely climbed trees in my life, as you probably wouldn't be able to guess, looking at me. Um, but got about halfway up this tree. I was like, cool, got the photo. And I was like, that looks decent enough. So handed the camera back down to them. And then as I jumped out of the tree, not entirely sure what happened, but something got caught and I jumped down, managed to land without injuring myself or looking like a complete tit. And I thought, perfect. All right, that's good. And we, as we started to walk away, I was like, it's gotten quite cold here, hasn't it? And oh. it turns oh, out God. what had happened was when I jumped out of the tree, I landed and I split my only pair of jeans that I had on me from knee to knee right across the crotch. That's impressive. Yeah. That's inc- what happened after? Um, you borrow someone, just I, pay, run back to the to the house in boxes or whatever? Well, I, I had to kind of style it out for a little bit and, uh, and walk <laughs> around, but we were kind of on the way back to the house anyway. But bear in mind, these were people that I had met that day to record something for like one of my friends was was in the band but i'd I'd met a couple of the other people that day um and yeah that that was that was an embarrassment fantastic Um, you know what i think those two are on a par yeah i mean the the other one the other one might possibly edge it because it it involves the day before i went away to university um we went out like there was a few of us going away, so a few of us we all went out, got incredibly drunk in Scream. I don't know if you would be of the age where Scream. Oh, I remember Scream. There we go. Yeah. What a fantastic place! Probably the best place in the world. Oh, it was, it was. Um, but yeah, we got incredibly drunk. Um, I was uh, asked to leave the establishment due to my state, um, so I texted my friends. I was like, "I'm outside. Can we go?" Uh, this was about three in the morning um they all kind of stumbled out i needed to tie my shoelace up my friends walked off i tied my shoe and i ran after them and as you do when you're in that sort of state and that kind of age you jump on your friend's back um i jumped on my friend's back he leant forward and i swan dived over the top of him oh the classic someone should jump me back i'll i'll duck down 
yeah ex- I, I just properly like dived over the top of him and i landed on the pavement on my two front teeth snapping them and uh and and knocking one of them very very loose um, that's less than ideal isn't it yeah but uh not yeah, Scream's fault, though. Scream could do no wrong. Scream was amazing. Um, but that's probably, you know, a, a, there is a longer version of that story, believe it or not, um, which involves all kinds of fun and games. Um, and an envelope full of painkillers given to me by a dentist. But let's not talk about that. Oh, um, that, just remind, that reminds me of something. <laughs> <laughs> the very fir- I've got to share this. The very first time, so I was must bang on not far off 18 years old, the very first time I ever went to the engine shed, so me and a, had two or three mates went, oh, I can't even remember what was on. It might be Pendulum were playing or a DJ set or something. There was a gig on or some description. And it hadn't quite sold out, but it had nearly sold out. And all but one of us had a ticket. So we decided, right, we'll get there really early so that the one that hasn't got a ticket can get first in and make sure he gets a ticket. Um, and I, I'm still not a great drinker at all. I'm a very much a cheap date. And once I've started needing a toilet, <laughs> I go every 10 minutes. And I know kind of most blokes are like that. I am. I guarantee I'm worse than you. I guarantee it. <laughs> um, so I was even worse when I was 18 and not used to it. And we, it's when what is now Toby Carvery was the glass house. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. We, I think we had two or three pints in there, but for me that was plenty. We were the the very very first people in um, the engine shed, the, the whole building, um, which was embarrassing in itself. But we got in, had a couple of drinks, and then about half an hour, still no one there. Obviously needed needed the toilet. And then I must have, and I'm not exaggerating, I must have been for 10 wees in the first <laughs> hour and a half, by which point it started to fill up a little bit, of course. So on wee number 11, I walk out the toilet and I'm reprimanded by two bouncers, literally carrying me out, one on each arm, took me into their little interrogation room. Because they thought you and were snorting up. They thought, yeah, or dealing or something. And I was so <laughs> naive and oblivious that this sort of thing even existed. I was like, what, what have I done? I just needed a toilet. And, um, yeah, eventually, eventually I realised what was going on after they kind of questioned me enough times. They just own up to it now. Like, you're going to get in less trouble. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> um, and eventually they they then realised that I was just a naive little child. Didn't, <laughs> this is my first night out ever. Didn't know what I was doing. And they let me out to my friend's hilarity. And I've I'm never not let doing it drugs. I just need a wee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just got a week bladder every night. Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> and now I've got a week. Uh, so... <laughs> weak, weak bowels as well. Uh, oh, so yeah, amazing. I think we've had two weeks. That's plenty. Indeed. Wow, <laughs> that's incredible. Something um, less embarrassing is certainly Saturday afternoon. Oh no, Monday Where afternoon. Was it? Monday afternoon. Yeah, wasn't it? I mean, so the old imps. Obviously, you and Gaz spoke about uh, about Friday's game over the weekend, um, and we would be remiss if we didn't point out that yes, Gary did predict a win. There you go, guys. We did say that we'd mention it, so you can I stop. Hope, I was really hoping we were just going to gloss over that, to be honest. No, you know, I, I think it's only fair, uh, even though he, he wouldn't do the same for us. That's exactly the reason why we shouldn't have done it. <laughs> I think it's only fair. But, um, yeah, I mean, going into the game, I think we all kind of took it as a bit of a free hit, didn't we? And You know, it was one of those, well, we'll, we'll be all right, I think, you know, the season's petering out at this point. We're going to be more or less in mid-table. That illusion of safety is now becoming a little bit more solid. I think we'll be fine. Um, and then we went and pretty much played them off the park. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Um, just touching on on 
Marnie Gary's chat, like previewing it slightly. Obviously, Gaz really went bold and predicted a win. I, I wouldn't go that far. But both of us agreed that we didn't think we would see a backs against the wall, 10 men behind the ball performance, hit him on the mm. break. We felt like we'd have a little bit more kind of front foot about us. And that was shown within the opening minute. You know, yeah. Shudipo uh, yeah. intercepted a pass um, and got a shot away within within that first minute. And that really set the tone. And I thought in the first 15 minutes, we were excellent. We really tried to play out from the back. We really tried to play with the ball on the deck. Um, we didn't necessarily try and kind of bait their press too much um, and then try and get in behind. We tried to play through them, which I really liked. Um, yeah, I was just sitting there for the first 15 minutes thinking, bloody hell, this is all right. Like, yeah. <laughs> but we've had good starts in the past. Um, and I, I, I kind of wrote this as I, was, as I was going along and I literally wrote down from 15 to 20 minutes, Plymouth had a bit of a spell. Yeah. As I, and I, at the time, when I, when I was writing, writing this, thinking, I'm going to have to keep extending this from 15 <laughs> to the end of the first half. And at, at yeah, some yeah. point, they're going to get control in the game. They're going to start to really pepper us. And they didn't. They had a good five-minute spell where they had a bit of territory, got the ball to some dangerous areas. And genuinely, that was it. Yeah, that was that was kind of in that moment where, if you watch the highlights back, there, there was that uh, the effort where, I mean, the guy was quite a distance it looked like he was quite a distance offside um it did yeah hardy wasn't it yeah 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 it, it looked like he was a way offside but to be honest that was one of the only chances where they they looked like they were going to threaten um it it like you say i think when you when you go to a, a, a sort of top 6 team or top 4 team or whatever um you expect that backs against the wall nature, like you said, like the Ipswich game earlier on the season, we managed to kind of snaffle a goal and, and basically keep it quiet and keep it tight at the back and, and didn't concede. But this just felt different. Like it, it was, there wasn't a huge amount that I could really fault about the performance. I mean, you, if you look at the stats, 36, I think, percent possession or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the but, same style of a thirty-six possession no. game like it was against a Wednesday away. It was no. a, a Sheffield, not a, um, Ipswich away, Barnsley away, etc. We've had exactly what we were just saying. Maybe the stats in the terms of possession would still suggest that that's what it looked like. Yeah, but it just wasn't. We were really had real good intention on the ball. We had passing with purpose, hmm. and we, we. I really, I felt like we were. It was probably our most front foot performance of the season mm, where absolutely. what we was trying kind of came off. Because I think we've tried it at times and things haven't quite come off and then it, it's not noticed, it's not remembered. Because two or three of the things came off and we had you know numerous chances, it sticks in the mind a bit more, doesn't it? And absolutely, it was, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it, it, so the, a few websites do the kind of home away attacking graphs. Mm. Um, and there's obviously the one that Gaz has on the site, but there's also one for... Um, who scored, which is where I tend to look at um, the, the stats and stuff. The vast majority of that game, I think there's about a little bit of home at the, at the start, then a little bit of us, then a little bit more home, and then the rest of it is basically away. It it just felt like we'd we'd found a way to get the performance that I think a lot of people have been hoping for. Um, 
and it felt like that well i mean obviously you know the shackles are pretty much off at the moment we're not needing to be cagey about stuff we're not needing to worry about where we're going to be in the division we're not worried you know not necessarily worried about whether we're going to be in league 1 next season or not but it just felt like there was a, a freedom to the play and a, you know a bit more intensity about the, when we were in possession because we were able to we were able to pick apart Plymouth in a way that normally you'd have to wait for you know soak up the pressure and then hit them on the break straight away but I don't think I mean obviously we did do that but I don't think that was the entire game plan um on Monday and I think it was it was really impressive but it does bring us to um the first goal which I I every part of that move when you break it down and look at it every part of it is difficult yep yeah everything <laughs> you know, was good rushworth came rushworth getting the ball out yeah rushworth getting the ball out to to sorensen quickly isn't easy sorensen then sprinting and putting that pass to danny mandroyu at full pelt that's that's not easy at all Mandroyu then taking it on his on his chest and you know bringing it forward, again not easy. Putting the uh, putting the ball into Shadipo, and then the finish from Shadipo. When I first saw it, I thought, oh, that's it. It looks almost like he possibly scuffed it a little bit, or you know had had attempted to play it somewhere else. But then when you watch it back, you realise just how difficult it was for him to get his foot on that and put the ball back across the keeper instead of trying to slot it in the near post. It every single yeah. element of that goal was, was absolutely an out, fantastic. An outstanding goal. Yeah, goal of the season. One of. Yeah, definitely up there, isn't it? Just yeah. it at the end of the season highlights reel, it'll be one of those. Yeah. Um, you know what I thought I don't know, as an overall for the performance, but certainly that that move kind of epitomised it. We we looked confident and we looked really well coached. Mm-hmm. That's yep. what I thought, and I did have to say I think Plymouth looked nervy. Um, yes, and obviously they've got a lot to play for there, and it happens. So I think maybe we, it's a good time to play them in. And we imposed ourselves on the game in, in, in the best possible way, and by doing that, we we made them look nervous. Made them, you know, there's a few misplaced passes from them, which mm-hmm. might be a bit uncharacteristic. But we were just, yeah. In terms of looking at us, I think we was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Of course, the next talking point was what, seven minutes later, I think it was, which was the disallowed goal. Um, yep. But before we talk about the actual goal itself, um, the move which created the corner was fantastic. Mm. So great play down the left with just some short, sharp passing between boys, um, Irahan, Manjoyu and Shadipo all kind of interchanging down that left channel, mm-hmm. resulting in the corner. And then, of course, we've all seen what happened after that. Great ball in, good header, um, very, very harshly disallowed. Um, the lino would started running up the line. Everyone was That's celebrating ridiculous. and then what felt like three quarters of an hour later, he then decided to put his flag up and um, at one point it was he was decided he was offside then it wasn't. At one point it was the, the rhetoric was that Jadipo was interfering with play and I'm part of the keeper's union and he was not interfering with anything but, in regard to play there. But the thing it is, was a terrible decision. When it comes to that like he in order for him to be interfering with play, he has to be in an offside position. Yeah. The fact that they made I mean, two separate statements about that yeah. makes that just bizarre. Yeah, um, it was just a bad decision. And yeah, it, it was it was it, really poor. And I think there were there were a few head scratching decisions on Monday. 
um, where I, I just thought to myself, hmm, I, I think I even said it in our group chat at one point, it, it almost seemed a bit like it was, right, we need to protect the team at the top of the division, you know, and kind of not not go too hard on them kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd, there were some baffling decisions. Um, the You know, the, the disallowed goal was the most obvious one. Because, yeah, when you watch it back, there's a player on the far post that's, or just just to the left of the far post, who is clearly playing Shadipo on side, um, and there's nothing wrong with that goal at all. No. I mean, my my first reaction was when the ball came in and he, he gave it as offside. I thought, how can it be offside? It's a corner. Yeah, I I thought. When it was disallowed, it must be a foul on the yeah, keeper, must a foul in there or something. Yeah, yeah. And then look it back, and you realise it has to be. There's nothing else going on other than what sh- where should he posted, and then well, it, it doesn't the take that, a rocket way... scientist to work out that he's yeah. a not offside, and even if he was, he's, he's definitely not interfering with. Yeah, the keeper's not trying to avoid him. He's not waiting for a touch from him. It's you know, as a goalkeeper, the, 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 his head, Ruben Paul's headed it into the top corner. You're not saving it. It's yeah. going nowhere near it. Yeah, I mean, it was it. It just felt like such a weird decision and. Obviously, the way that the linesman had put his flag up indicated that it was offside. And I'm thinking, how how can it be offside? It's a corner. You cannot be offside from a corner. What are you doing? But thankfully, that goal or the the you know the decision didn't cost us. Yeah, it could have though. I think I think yeah. that's the that's the frustration is that yeah. that could be in, in other games that can be a, a real turning point. You get you think you're turning up. Actually, it's only one nil. That can provide the opposition with a real kind of lift. Mm. Um, you kind of saw that a little bit in the uh, Liverpool-Arsenal game, actually, when just something as simple yeah. as a booking, Xhaka and um, Alexander-Arnold's mm-hmm. little scuffle just got the crowd up and it just changed the whole atmosphere of the game. And it, it really changed the momentum and the direction of the game. And it's those intangibles, isn't it? Thankfully, yeah. it didn't come back to bite us, but it's just, just so frustrating that yeah. something so simple was was was, was missed. You yeah. know, If it was offside and it wasn't given, that's more understandable than someone giving an offside goal for something that is actually not offside. Yeah. It's almost like they you're just reacting to the protest rather yeah. than sticking with the decision. Because how can you see something that doesn't exist? It's easy to miss something, mm. but you're actually seeing something that isn't there. That isn't yeah. there if you yeah. give if you're giving an offside that it doesn't exist. But like you said, it thankfully it didn't um it didn't come back to bite us and any concern that we may have had about the second half being all Plymouth was nullified within a minute or so of the second half kicking off. Yeah, and I mean, from if, if I was a Plymouth fan, I would be absolutely livid at that second goal um, because you you just have to look at the, you know, uh, the defender who was marking Ben House. He kind of, I, I don't know whether he underestimated him or what, but House gets the ball, kind of steps one way, and then the Plymouth player kind of takes two extra steps after he's stopped. Um, but, you know, make no no bones about it. There's a lovely turn from Ben House, gives himself about three or four yards of space, picks his spot, bottom corner. And I think at that point, it kind of felt like game over. Yeah, I did too. And I, was, I, was, I hadn't seen enough from Plymouth to, to, to think that they're going to call on Peppers. And I have seen enough from us even in the games we haven't played brilliantly in, to know that we are hard to beat. Yeah. We don't concede two goals very often. Um, so, yeah, even if they got one back, 
I thought we'd still go on and win the game. Again, just a little mention to the same four players that created a corner. So within a few seconds of the second half, we won a free kick on the edge of the box, got to about 25 yards out, hit the wall. But then it was recycled again. Shadipo, Irahan, boys, really good interchange on the left side, which then got the ball into house to then work his magic and get a really good low shot down. Mm. Um, I just want to, I might be picking on the wrong player here. But I seem to think that that was James Wilson that was marking house in that situation. And he had a torrid afternoon against mm-hmm. um, boys. He had a torrid afternoon against Shadipo and Monjoyu. He just, yeah, he just got run ragged, bless him. Um, so he's just, I just don't think, he probably doesn't like us very much. He didn't have a great time here <laughs> because he couldn't get, he just couldn't get in the team. And when yeah. he did, he was playing it right back. And uh, when he turned up against us today, or not today, sorry, on, on Monday, yeah, he's just, Paul Blokes had a, Bit of a nightmare. Um, he didn't look but it was good. when he came off, did he? No, but it was it was really good play by by those players. Irahan again. I, it wasn't a man of the match performance from him, just because other people stood out. But he was just exactly the same as he always is. He's just in the right place at the right time, makes the right decisions, keeps things moving, and allows us just to kind of get back on the attack. And yeah, um, he's a solid eight out of ten every week, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Um, and he's definitely my favourite. I know we joke about Gary. I'd like, I, I, I like him as much as Gary does. He's, he's so, he's just so important. Um, I mean, I'm just going to quote from, uh, from a message in our group chat. <laughs> oh God, here we I go. I believe during the, um, uh, during the game last Friday, um, where I believe you said that Ethan Arahan is the best player in the world. I did say that, yeah. Yeah, that is definitely what I said, and I meant it. Yeah, yeah, he he <laughs> was uh, he was absolutely you know superb on on Monday as well. However, I don't think there would be any arguments as to the man of the match because Lars Sorensen ran his bollocks off for just an outstanding performance. Yeah, the thing is, physically, he's already always had yeah. the attributes to be a wing back. What he's showing is that technically, he's he's got it. He, I think next we don't need to buy a right back, a wing back in the summer. <laughs> We've got Alicia Rahui who is doing brilliantly on loan. Yep. Jay Ben's getting good minutes in on loan. Um, obviously, and then we've got we've got clearly got Lash Sorensen who is <laughs> a brilliant, quite clearly a, a, the potential to be a brilliant right wing back. We've yeah. got three players there potent, potentially that could all be at League One quality next season. Um, so that's obviously a real positive, yeah. not just not just um, for, for for the game against Plymouth where it was really showcased, but you know, looking forward as well. In terms of recruitment, we may have added one eye on that position. I'm thinking we can probably put a few eggs in different baskets now. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, aside from the obvious wonder ball out to Mandroyo for the first goal, I, I don't really think he put much of a foot wrong. Um, I think there was possibly oh, there, there was one instance where I think there was a, a slightly loose ball that almost led to a chance for them. Um, but I mean, on the whole, he didn't stop running. He ninety odd percent of his passes, I would say, probably found the mark. Um, and he's not afraid to put a tackle in as well. Um, you know, he, he was absolutely superb on Monday, and uh, I'm I, I'm. I'm delighted for him because we've said it a couple of times on the podcast that he is the player that you just want to do well. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, absolutely delighted for Lass. Because um, it, it the the other thing is that he does so much stuff away from the pitch as well. Like off the pitch, he is one of the people that similar to how Tom Hopper was last year. When you see something going on off the pitch, Lass is there. Yeah, um, he's always supporting that. He's he just gets it, doesn't he? He just gets yeah. what it means to be a professional footballer, and he's he's just really likable. And what is I think. We've all known there's a player in there, and he's likable not just because of the stuff he does off the pitch, but on it he just works his backside off, and yep. you know. And it's, I think me and Gaz when, we, when he was playing in the deeper role, the six role at times, um, we kind of said he has to work hard to be in the right position, whereas someone of a better quality is just already in the right position. Mm-hmm. And I think that 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 may be correct in that role, but in the in the wing back role, it's it's almost more important to have the energy than it is to have the tactical understanding. And of course, as he gets older, he's still only a young player just because he's been around the club a while. We kind of forget how young he is. I think he's only 22, 23. Mm. Um, so he's, he's still a young player. He'll, he'll get that. I am I would really like us to persevere with him at right wing back. And I'd really like him to want to persevere at right wing back rather than, you know, use this as a, as a method of getting himself back in the team to then try and get back in midfield. I just think he could be such, a, such an asset in that wing back role if he continues in the same sort of vein he has in the last two or three games. And I want to, I want to mention Harry Boys as well, because I think he's yeah. really come into his own the last two or three games. Yeah, he was brilliant against Sheffield Wednesday. He was solid against Cheltenham. And he, I think he possibly had one of his best games in a Lincoln shirt on Saturday, on uh, Friday, not bloody what day, on Monday <laughs> as, as well. Um, both wing-backs were, were really, really useful. They were outlets for us. They were outlets mm. for us all the time. And that's something that we've kind of said has maybe been a negative when we've started players like Sean Rowe in there, we started people like Regan Paul or even TJ at a wing back. Um, it's definitely a more defensive look. And that's one thing that Gaz and I could have mentioned a few weeks ago is if you're more of a five than a three, it forces your two players either side or behind Ben House up top wider. And then you're a five, four, one without the ball. Um, whereas when our wing backs are naturally higher, the two tens are playing more as tens and they are as wingers. And then you can block off the centre of the pitch. You've got players closer to the goal when you win it back. It's just better. It's, and I, I'm assuming that is that must have been the aim all along. But you have that solidity to build from, that foundation to build from that, like Andy's mentioned. But what we've just started to see now is if you get the you know the right players in the right positions and they're clearly well coached, but you have a little bit of confidence that goes along with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think getting that second goal and winning comfortably against Cheltenham must have worked wonders for us to have the confidence to go in to the Plymouth game and play how we did. Um, it was just it was just a pleasure to watch, wasn't it? And the thing is, at 2-0, I, I'm with you, I thought it was game over, but it could have been more, couldn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, we, I, we, I, we, we had an offside, we had two yeah. or three other really good opportunities. I don't think Plymouth would have been... I, I don't think it would be harsh to Plymouth if that game would have ended 4-0. Um, I think there were, you know... When Luke Plange came on, I think he had a couple of attempts, and there was obviously a fantastic save um, towards the end from Mandroyo, I think it was. Um, yes, which yeah, at the near post, and it went out for a corner. Um, that was a great save, actually. Yeah, yeah. At, at first, I thought that Mandroyo had chanked it, but when you watch it back again, you think, "Oh no, that's actually a yeah, very, I, very clever save." Yeah, it was a brilliant save. I have to admit, I think the keeper struggled a little bit on. Uh, yeah, on he didn't Monday look like overall, he? certainly with the ball at his feet. I think that really because he's not their first choice keeper because their first choice keeper is um, outstanding. I forget his name, but he's outstanding. He'll be, he'll be, should be in the championship next season, mm-hmm. either with Plymouth or with someone else because he's 
he's, he's, he's that good. But um, yeah, Burton looks a little bit shaky at times with the ball at his feet specifically. But yeah, that save, no one could take that away from him. That was an outstanding save. And it, it, it kept them in the game, though they never really threatened, you know, from from then on in. There was one thing that we don't want to gloss over too much because um, they had one really big opportunity. Uh, what minute was this on? Let's have a look. Uh, 58, actually. So it was um, probably, it was actually before our goal was disallowed correctly from, from Plange, <laughs> uh, which resulted in Regan Paul once again with an excellent goal line clearance. He's got, got a bit of a habit of those kind of goal-saving tackles. And I think when you miss that, you're 2-0 down already. That happens from a Plymouth perspective. That's just heads lost. You know, heads lost in it. That's confidence yeah. gone. Yeah, we're not getting back into this now. And from then, we just saw the rest of the game out just so professionally, so comfortably. And yeah, we could have gone on and scored a couple after that. Um, sadly, we didn't, but we could have. And it was just a really pleasing performance. Yeah, I think the only the only slight moment of doubt that crept in was when uh, both Matty Virtue and Ethan Rahan got booked within about a minute and a half of each other. And needlessly. Yeah. Um, and that I think the commentary picked up on it, but there was a challenge from Virtue shortly afterwards where the ref went to his pocket and then realised, oh, hang on, I've booked him already and I don't think that's worthy of being sent off and kind of very slowly pulled his hand away from his pocket. Yeah, it's like, got away with that. And then yeah. not long after that, Virtue was subbed very yes. sensibly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was actually quite a big shout to start Virtue over Sanders after Sanders' good performance on uh, yeah. against Cheltenham. Um, I don't mind it. You know, I, I think those three players vying for those two positions works quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's horses for courses at times, isn't it? Because Sanders likes to get on the ball a bit more. So maybe we wanted a bit more solidity in there on, on Monday. Maybe it was a fitness thing. But it's not a bad sub to bring on, is it? No, absolutely not. Um, because, you know, it was nice to see Joe Walsh make a bit of a cameo at the end of the game as well. Um, yeah. And he can, obviously to come on for Mandroyu, um, yeah. you know, you'd expect a shape change. We didn't really change our shape too much. Probably went more as a back five than a back three into kind of a five four one. But there was no kind of massive shape change, massive kind of system change. It was just, um, last just went um, just went on one, basically. And, mm-hmm. and everything else shuffled round. Um, and yeah, we didn't we didn't look threatened really at all in the last fifteen minutes or so after after Walsh came on. So it was yeah, good to kind of bring him in with a two 0 lead already intact, and it was just a case of saying to him, right, just go and sit out for his mate, enjoy getting back on the pitch, and, and thankfully he did. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that was basically uh, was essentially Monday. Um, I think it it put everybody in a good mood, and I don't think I will ever tire of watching that first goal um it was just beautiful um so that kind of took us to the uh the end of the the long weekend and there hasn't really been too much news come out of the club since um not a great deal no it's been no. it's been relatively quiet which you know you you sort of expect but we did see um, that the club have been shortlisted for the Fan Engagement Award, the EFL Awards, um, which is something that, you know, the, the, they're in the top three um, in the shortlist, and I think the, the draws or the, the award show is uh, on the 23rd. So um, to be, you know, one of the three nominated out of the 72, I think that's a, a credit to the club. Um, Massively. I, I don't think, I don't think really even the harshest critic of the club would be able to deny that we are, as, as a club, I think Lincoln are, are better than the vast majority 
um, of VFL clubs when it comes to getting the fans not necessarily on side because we all know that that's sometimes a bit of a futile effort. Well, it's but, transparency, it's having the yeah. transparency and getting the impact. So things like the the supporters board obviously has a big part in in that, but it's not just that. There's so many other things that the, yeah. that the club are doing. Um, just how detailed their accounts are, for example. Legally, um, clubs don't have to um, publish detailed accounts. They only have to publish certain information. Can't remember exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, but we always choose to be incredibly transparent about it, all, and that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I just feel but know, I mean, it's nice. It's nice when things go well on the pitch. Yes, of course. But also when they're not going on, not going well on the pitch. It's nice that that's all we're talking about. Yeah. We're never really talking about any negatives off the pitch because we know the club's in good hands. Yeah. And it's just awards or you know, being nominated for awards like this that just goes to kind of prove that, really. Yeah, it's the weather and climate thing again, isn't it? It's kind of... Yeah, I really yeah. like that. I, yeah, I, I, every time I think about the way that things are going at the minute, it's like, okay, yeah, I've got to give Liam credit for that because that was really good. Um, but, you know, some of the news that's come out this week... Um, when you're talking about the accounts and stuff, obviously, I think was it Charlton have spent 10 million this year, um, mm-hmm. and they're finish or they're, they're 10 million in debt, and they're going to be finishing 10th. We are we don't have any debt. We've obviously you know had the accounts come out that said we've lost two million, but we're not in debt, and we are three places below them in the division. And we could finish above them, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know it, it's. It goes to show that there's there's a lot more to just what happens on on Saturday between three and five. Um, but the engagement side of things, again, you know everything that I I see coming from the club. I mean, obviously the the, um, the SLOs they they play a massive part in that. Um, things like the fan zone. Um, I know Gary mentioned that in his site uh, piece on the site about it. The fan zone is one of the things that I see a lot of other clubs fans picking up on and saying like this is. This is brilliant. Like you know, that there is an, an array of food. There's an array of drink. There's you know, obviously getting the tipsy imp on board was was a masterstroke, and having you know decent beer there. Um, and it's one of the things that I see the club getting praised for from from opposition fans. So uh, yeah, thoroughly thoroughly deserved, and uh, hopefully they can they can take home the W. That'd um, be nice. That'd be nice. Would just be nominated is is a win in itself. Yeah. Um, but the actual trophy would be would be the icing on the cake. But it just goes to show, you know, it's sometimes we're a little bit immune to it, and and sometimes we can forget our privilege a little bit, can't we? Because we, it's normal to us; we see it every week. Mm. Whereas actually, we are the envy of a lot of football clubs in in that regards. Yeah. So it's it's worth kind of just pointing it out and shining a bit of light on it and saying, hey, let's not forget how good we've got it in some ways, regardless of what happens on the pitch off it. We've Absolutely. got it pretty good. Um, so I think that's most of the news that's out this week. Um, there's just, I'm sure we'll do a far greater in-depth look maybe towards the end of the season, but you can now vote for your player of the season. Indeed. So that's, uh, I think that's a big decision, you know, mm. um, there's no in single standout. I think two, three, four people are, you probably call the front runners. Um, but if any of those, Win it. I don't think you can you can begrudge it. So you know the fact that there's been multiple pe- players that are going to be, you know, thinking that they've got a half a chance of this. <laughs> you know what? I I think Pordy O'Connor deserves yep. to be in the conversation. Hundred percent. But also, I just it'd be quite cool for him to continue his run because 
at Bradford, he got player of the season for the last two seasons as well. So yeah. it'd be three in a row. Um, if he does manage to get here, a league above, obviously, a, a new club, that'd be that'd be pretty damn impressive. Um, yeah. Especially as a centre-back as well, because often um, those more attacking players are the ones that often get the limelight a little bit. Um, or even if it's a if it is a more defensive player, it's maybe like a more ball playing. He is a defender, out and out defender. So to get for him to get the credit, I I think he deserves would be would be nice. Cole Rushworth deserves to be in the conversation. Regan Paul does. Ben House does. Um, they're the ones that stand out for me. I think. Yeah, but I mean, you you just stole my thunder by saying the four that I had in my mind. So well, that shows that we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> they're probably the same four that everyone's thinking of. Yeah. But the point is, it's not just one to pick from. There's not no. just a standout. This time last season, it was Regan Paul and or no one yeah. really, wasn't it? Um, Absolutely. So the fact that we've got four, you know, a genuine contest there is again just a good a good thing. But yeah, you can. Um, I can't actually remember the the exact process, but you, there will be a way that you can vote for that now. Mm-hmm. Um, Sure I mean, we'll I think I'm sure Gaz will have a, uh, a Stacey West player of the season as well. Um, and I've actually found the modelling, the 3D model file for um, the Golden XG Awards. So uh, I'm pretty sure we'll have to get that one printed up again and, and paint it for somebody this season. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I my my pick would be for Paulie O'Connor. I think he's just been outstanding and I think if it weren't for the fact that you know he'd, he'd picked up the bookings he would have been an ever present this season um, um, Am I allowed to give it to Ethan Irohan even though they played about 10 games? Uh, well <laughs> Brooke Norton Cuffey got um, got second place last he did. That's nuts though, no one that joins a club in January should be anywhere near a player of the season no matter how good you are, that just shows <laughs> that just goes to show how inept the rest of the bloody players are if, if you someone that's been there and plays what 15 16 games or so can it was, uh, it was a difficult time last year it was and he was outstanding there's no denying how yeah. how much of an impact he had he was brilliant oh imagine having him in the team now <laughs> yeah so um right uh, well obviously you know we uh, we will have um a slight break um for for our weekly advertisement um, and then when we come back, we will be bringing back Charlie. Uh, Charlie, this week, has been speaking to Johnny from the Ale and the Vale podcast. Um, Great name. Yeah, it is. I, I do. There are some podcasts that, you know, I just think, oh, it's just great names. What was it, the one the other week? The, the Big Bank Theory, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's probably the best one. Yeah. That's that's excellent, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so here he is. Uh, Charlie is with Johnny from the Ale and the Vale podcast, uh, looking ahead to the weekend and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. 
McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome to the preview for Port Vale at home on Saturday. Um, I'm joined by Johnny from Ale and the Vale podcast. Hey, up, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I can't complain. Good, good. So, talking of not being able to complain then, your, uh, your first season back in League One in, what, five years, something like that? How, how's it gone overall? Started well. January happened and then it kind of fell off a cliff, but you can't really complain. Aim was to stay up and we're all but there. So, are you looking down at all? Because, you know, you are in a little bit of, I don't really want to use the word free fall because it's not that bad. But do you, are you at all worried or do you think you're more or less, like you say, you're close enough, aren't you? Yeah, we've got one eye over the shoulder just in case someone puts together a, one one of them runs, but at the minute we're we're okay. It it'd take Cambridge or Accrington to win like four of the last five sort of thing. So yeah, it's 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 not impossible, but it's um, it's a big ask. Mm. That's, well, you know, hope, hopefully it uh, it just is smooth sailing for you. Just after Saturday, yeah. um, so so like I say, you. <laughs> form recently doesn't look on paper to be incredible you know no wins in the last five is it is it that it's been poor performances or are you just simply not able to get over the line games that you maybe should be getting more out of uh, a little bit of both really so we were terrible at Accrington and Cambridge yeah um Oxford on Saturday their keeper had an absolute blinder um, he made three really good saves on another day we walk away there comfortably and then Portsmouth away before that we were 2-0 up and so yeah it, it's just it's been a bit of a, a mix we seem to perform better against better teams and then we kind of haven't been able to get up for, for anyone else since since the turn of the year anyway I know the feeling <laughs> yeah, we like you know our record against the top teams is better than what it is against the bottom teams. I think top seven we've got more points than from bottom seven. So it's it's just the way it goes sometimes in this league, isn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd pretty much say that we're in probably the same boat. We mm. we beat Plymouth away. Um, yes, because we we sort of we we did the same on Monday, and we yeah. kind of joked that this is going to be the the derby of the two teams that actually managed to get a win down there this season. Yeah, and, and that's it. So, and then like we we've put performances in Bolton, beat Derby, mm. drew at Wickham. So, like the, the, the top nine, really, we've apart from Peterborough, um, <laughs> we've either taken points off or performed really well against exactly um, the same as us. We we've not, from what I can, yeah, from what I can gather, we've gotten at least a point off every team in the top seven, apart from Peterborough, <laughs> who unfortunately smashed us three 0 and four 0 Yeah, same here. 
Oh, well, there we are then. <laughs> it does sound like uh, there's quite a lot of similarities going into the game on Saturday then. Yeah, Which inevitably look- means it'll be a draw, of course. Well, that, that, that's that's just your story of your season at home, isn't it? <sighs> yeah, yeah, you're tanned away at this rate. <laughs> just, oh, it's just what it is. Um, so, I had a little bit of a, uh, of a look at the stats for your guys this season. You've, you know, you've scored about the same as us. I think uh, you, you've got you've got forty goals. I think we've got thirty nine or forty one. Can't remember which one it was. Um, so you know, we are very similar in terms of that. But you seem to concede a lot more. You know, you've conceded sixty, whereas we've only conceded around forty. So you know, having a goal difference of minus twenty or whatever has that been your problem this season? Is it the fact that you're struggling to keep teams out? Do they? Do you concede a lot of chances, or is it the fact that the chances you do concede, they'll tend to score from? We te- we have a tendency to give every team one clear cut chance a game, and by clear cut, I I mean I I actually mean we may as well put it on a plate in the in the <laughs> box and say picky place. Um, so it, it's it's really frustrating at times. We we seem to have to work really hard for any half chance. But then we'll we'll go and let you walk through and and go there you go have a go, um, so yeah that that's been one of the issues. And the other issue is when we lose we we lose we don't just like yeah. lose by the odd goal. Like Peterborough have put let's say seven pastors over the two games and we've conceded four against Oxford. Yeah, and like so yeah we we don't just we don't just lose we get smashed. So um, yeah, it's, it's not fun. Well, I'd like to say that we're going to be able to smash you, but uh, you know we, we don't really have much of a tendency to score more than two in a game. We very rarely score two in a game. I know we've done it back to back now, last Friday and Monday, but it's uh, it's not something we do on a regular. Um, as nice as it would be to <laughs> to have that. Um, so, cho- uh, so for Saturday's game, not Tuesday. Um, how do you kind of see it panning out? What kind of shape are you guys? normally set up in yeah we, we don't we don't deviate from shape so it'll no. be three at the back mm. four across midfield and then either one in behind a two or two in behind a one so right yeah um it's it's a three five two ish three four three mm. dependent on personnel we've yeah we decided to get another red card at the weekend so that's two wow. and two games which was fun um that sounds good for us yeah, well, yeah. Um, players, yeah. players that you're likely to very much miss on Saturday? The one at Accrington was. Um, I, I assume he's got a three-game ban because it was... Uh, he went head-to-head. It wasn't a headbutt, but he went head-to-head, so that'll be right. three games. Um, and then Politic on thing on yes. Monday. Yeah, not really. He's, he's, he's a bit part player. So, mm. but yeah, it's still, still a bit frustrating. Well, that's the thing. It's it still helps us out very slightly. Um, so I've also seen that you guys seem to like having the ball. Um, you know, just very quickly glancing over it in terms of recent games, it seems like you've had more than fifty percent possession in a lot of your games, even in those that you that you that you end up losing. So is that just a lack of sort of penetration from yourselves? You're not really able to to break down teams or we're just not very good when teams sit in. So if a team right. sits in, 
we can do the nice, nice pass around, and then it's there's no killer, killer instinct. We've we're missing probably our most influential player from midfield in Ben Garrity. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst he's not technically the best player, he's not easy on the eye. He's the one that usually started the press for us at the front, and a few bits and pieces like that. So, yeah, it's it, it's been it's just been a difficult run in, mm-hmm. um, a very difficult one to be fair. So, got to give a seeing as we're sort of mentioning a couple of players, got to give a little bit of a mention to to Tom Pat, obviously form, former former imp that you've got over there. Your um, your captain isn't he? Or shares captaincy roles with um, another one of your players, doesn't he? Yeah, Tom it, play. Tom that was it, Tom Conlon. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, what's pet season been like? Um, am I right in saying it was? Last summer, where he had his back operation, so yes, he did. He had, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the summer. Um, to be fair to him, he's he's one of our most important players. Now, it'll probably surprise your your fans that he's actually a holding midfielder now. Right. So yeah, yeah. You know, you guys played him yeah. forward and pretty much yeah. on the wing sometimes. Yes. Um, he, he's touched on that when speaking. So, so yeah, we played him in holding midfielder, and what 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 Petty's really good at is. He'll get on the ball, he'll put his body in the way and then he'll hit the deck. Mm-hmm. So right. you you get that breather from it and yeah. Just yeah, he just oozes class, Tom Pet does. So. He's, he's, so so by the sounds of it, he has become the sort of player that you love when he's on your team, but my god will you hate him when he's against you. Oh oh hundred percent. Yeah. The, the minute he hits the deck on 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 Saturday, your fans are gonna get on his back because <laughs> it's always soft. It's 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 one of them where he just stops running. And the, yeah. the attacker just bumbles in the back of him, and it's you know it's not really a foul, but the ref has no real choice. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know exactly the sort of the sort of challenges that you mean. It's like I say, it's the sort of ones you love it when they're for you, you hate it when it, they're against you, don't you? Yeah. So, sort of to wrap it up, then what what are you expecting out of the game? You know, score prediction. Are you expectant slash hopeful of? three points or are you maybe a little bit less we would take we take a point now just mm. just because we're not we're not in great form we we got a annoying annoying point at the weekend well monday against oxford we should have won uh but yeah we'll take a point and kind of move on at the minute we we're in that situation of points and more precious than performance um, yeah. Once I think once 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 the, we're safe and officially safe, I think it'll take take a bit of pressure off the fans' side of it. But last count, we'd sold over five hundred of the tickets, so it's going to be good. a decent number there. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it's it's hopefully we just get that monkey off us back because yeah, it's a long time since we last won a game of football um, <laughs> properly. Fair so. Actual score prediction then. What what are you going with? Uh, head says one all draw. Mm. Heart says horrible one nil win. So Well, yeah. I'm gonna go for a one nil home win. Um it would it would be it would be a bit of a miracle because it'd be the first time all season that we can get three wins in a row. Um so, you know, I, I am hopeful maybe this 
Easter weekend has boosted my hopes a little bit too much and turned them from hopes into delusion. But you know, we can we can at least dream, can't we? Yeah, I think that's that's it. It's the hope that kills you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not wrong. Right. Well, good luck for the game on uh, Saturday, and good luck for the rest of the season. So hopefully, we'll be able to have a chat again next season. Yeah, hopefully. Look forward to it. Perfect. Thank you very much for that. Cheers, mate. Speak to you soon. There we go. Thank you to Johnny there for for having a chat with Charlie. Um, As we look ahead to Saturday's game, now, are we going to make it three from three, Chris? Are we going to get nine points on the board from nine? Yes. Okay, fine. Yes, I think we are. Cool, that's um, the end of the podcast. Yeah, this see you, guys. That's, that's, the end. <laughs> that's the preview done. Um, the last couple of games have really, really given me some confidence in us because we haven't, we haven't fluked them. You know what we've, what we've done in the last two games is something we haven't done very often this season at all, which is score the critical and the crucial second goal. And once mm. we've done it, we've looked incredibly comfortable in both games. And the fact that we know we can do that now, it, it's got to fill the squad full of positivity and confidence. It has to. Add that to the fact that Port Vale are on a a bit of a poor run. So they haven't won in six. Um, and they've actually lost four well, of those six. Um, so their last win, the last time they've tasted victory was a 1-0 home win against MK Dons on the 4th of March. So five weeks ago. Um, since then, they, yeah, they haven't, they haven't won. Um, they've only picked up a couple of points. So, You'd like to think, you'd like to think it's a good time to play them. Um, they also categorically always play a back three. We know we're good at playing against the back three. We can press a back three really well, player for player. Um, there's no surprise that in the last the last three games we've played against back threes and we've played well again in all three of those matches. Um, so yeah, I'm confident to be honest with you. Um, there's no foregone conclusion, but. I think Port Vale maybe got themselves up to the sort of position that we're at now in the league table a few weeks ago and maybe had that illusion of security that you mentioned. Um, and maybe they've just taken their foot off the gas a little bit. You know, Their aim this season will have quite simply just to be stay up. And mm-hmm. they've gotten themselves into a, a really comfortable mid-table position. In the last sort of four or five weeks, they really have dropped off. Um, and the thing is, it's, it's not that they've particularly been playing against the, the bigger or better sides in the last few games. So... Since they've played Milton, um, yeah, MK, they've drawn with Fleetwood, they've lost to Burton, they've drawn to Portsmouth, they've lost to Cambridge, lost 3-0 at home to Accrington, and they've drawn to Oxford. So they are playing teams lower down in the table, kind of in and around them, and they um, they can't they can't beat them. They are they are getting beaten by them. Um, so on paper, it seems like a good time to play them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, earlier on in the season, um, the, the reverse fixture, the, you know, we, we obviously came away with with a defeat. Um, but, yeah, I, I I can kind of start to feel a bit more confident about predicting a win um, for the weekend. It, it just seems like they're, they're not mathematically safe yet. Um, I think, what, they're on 48 points, is it? Uh, they are. They're, they're on. They're on forty six. So right, they're yeah. eight Accrington points. Are on thirty eight. That's right. So yeah, they're eight points ahead of the drop. Yeah. So you know what? I I just don't think any of those teams in the bottom four are good enough to pick up that many points. No. Well, I mean, what we've got six games left. So um, if they, yeah, I I think 
46, 47, 48 could be enough to secure survival this season. We're yeah. obviously we're on we're on fifty two now, so we're well safe. Even again, we're fourteen points clear of the drop. There's not a chance in hell any of those teams in the in the bottom four are going to pick up fourteen points in six games. They're just they're just not. None of them are good enough to do that. No. Um, there's a there's a real chasm in this league. There's the top 10, 12, and then there's everyone else. And the ones down the bottom are. You know what? I don't think I could see any of the current bottom four. Accrington, Cambridge, Morecambe, Forest Green. I don't think I could see any of them just bouncing straight back up again. No. With the, unless obviously things change behind the scenes and they and obviously squad squad change makes a big difference. But you know when they've all come up and maybe performed reasonably well considering their resources. Bar Forest Green, hilariously. Well, yeah, well, um, I, th- I think one of the things is we've always said um, whenever we've we've talked about them on the podcast, Accrington and Morecambe have done phenomenally well with the resource that they've got and you know the stature of the club and I think they seemed on the surface of it at least I know at the moment because I think there's the the takeover rumors aren't there with with uh, with Morecambe yeah um which would just be awful because of if, if you do a little bit of reading into the guy that's behind those yeah it's it sounds awful, um, but partic- yeah, particularly Accrington, um, they're a well-run club, and they've done very very well to get to this stage. Um, and it, in some respects, it'd be a shame to see them go down. But I yeah, you know, I think they've they've punched above the weight for long enough. But yeah, on on the pitch, I think you can you can kind of categorise those sorts of teams have been greater than some of their parts. Mm-hmm. They're just Absolutely. a real, a real team ethic, and and that's commendable. I think you know we had a good budget when we got promoted out of League Two, but even that team was greater than some of its parts. Our National League winning side was greater than some of its parts. Yeah, these guys are doing that on a, on a small budget and and have have punched above their weight for a long time. But you can only do that for so long because as soon as one or two of those little um, links in the chains maybe aren't quite strong. Then you you can get found out. Um, I think I think Morecambe are gone. They've actually played a couple of games more than everyone else down there. Yeah. Um, and they're five points adrift. Cambridge have got the potential to get themselves back up again. I think of the squads, they've probably got the strongest squad of those bottom four. Um, but I think I just don't know. I don't think they're strong enough to. I still feel Oxford and MK have got a strong enough a stronger squad. Accrington are the one that I can see getting out just because it's Accrington, they always get out of trouble. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we digress. We're talking, we're yes. talking about Port Vale, aren't we? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously, you know, with the, we've, we've got to kind of, we've got to keep an eye out for, uh, for a few things on, on Saturday. Have you got any, uh, any expert insight into, into the way that things may go, or are we going to uh, be going off stats? <laughs> no, well, from a tactical perspective, it's, the really important thing is 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 how do you how do you try and it sounds obvious, doesn't it? How do you stop them scoring, um, and how do you try and score yourself? Um, but ultimately, it's it's how do you try and create those opportunities. So when you've got the ball in deep positions, how do you progress the ball up the pitch? And then when they've got the ball in deep positions, how do you stop them progressing it up the pitch? And and one thing really stood out to me in our live pod when we asked Danny Butterfield about our basically how and why we're so good at pressing, and he he made the point of saying we don't press to stop them progressing the ball we press to try and win the ball back in position to the pitch so we can go and score a goal and create a chance immediately mm-hmm. um and we are good at that and um yeah port vale play a back three um 
it's not direct in regard to Wickham style directness, but they probably aren't going to play the ball around the back with with too much kind of short passing. They're going to be a reasonably solid back three. Um, I think they'll play when they can. Um, so what I imagine we'll do and what should we do excellently is we kind of let their keeper have the ball, let their central defender have the ball. And then as soon as it goes either side of that central defender, that's Ben House's trigger to try and shut off the ball back across the pitch. And then we can press really aggressively. And, and when we do that well, which we have done extremely well in the last three or four games, did it brilliantly against, against Cheltenham, certainly in the second half. Um, yeah, I, I can actually see quite a similar match to the Cheltenham game. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's probably, you could probably argue that they're in a similar position to Cheltenham in terms of what they've got to play for. In fact, point tally are the same. Um, they're not quite safe, so they've probably got something to play for still. Uh, whereas we've got a bit of freedom of that that buffer. Yeah, I I can really foresee, I'm not going to say the scoreline is going to be the same, but I can see the style of game to be similar to the Cheltenham game. I can see us being playing on the front foot. I can see us trying to score the first goal. Um and hopefully what we can do is once we've got the first one is go and get that crucial second again. And, and if, if and when we we do, it's game over. We're not going to concede two. We're, we're, yeah. we're too good defensively to concede two. Um, it's kind or, of the, it's just kind of that that killer blow, isn't it? That I think you mm-hmm. know a lot of people have obviously, including ourselves, we've said this season, we've we've almost been missing um, for you know for the majority of the season. But now it, we've obviously, we came through a difficult game away at Sheffield Wednesday with a point. We then took the confidence from that into Cheltenham and, you know, had, I'd, I'd, I heard people grumbling coming out of the, the game. I was like, we've just won 2-0. I don't understand how. That's um, just, that's just people. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah. Isn't it? But, you know, um, I think, I think when you have, you know, when you're able to, to put a game together and, or put a game to bed rather with, with two goals and in the way that we did on Friday, I think that was impressive. And then to go into that, or to take that and go into the Charlton, uh, to to the Plymouth game was, mm-hmm. yeah. If we can carry on with that sort of vein of confidence, I think we will be uh, we will be more than fine on Saturday. Yeah, from just a Port Vale's, yeah. Well, that's what I'm just going to touch on. Actually, is their certainly on paper their biggest their biggest strength is their their front line. Um, so I'm just going to read through just some of their four players. Now, what they tend to do. Um, is they tend to play a front two with a with a ten in behind, which is actually what um, Sheffield Wednesday did against us, and that's also what um, Plymouth tried. Um, didn't work too well um, for Plymouth, <laughs> thankfully. Um, but in terms of in terms of on, on on paper, they've got strong players here. So they've they've obviously got Ellis Harrison, who we know all about. They've also got James Wilson, uh, formerly of Manchester United. They've got Jamie Proctor, who was excellent at Bradford at this level and at Rotherham this level a few years ago. They've got Danny Butterworth on loan from Blackburn, who's a threat. And they signed Matt Taylor in the stranger transfer of the of the January transfer window. Matt Taylor of Oxford goal-scoring fame. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're good players. There's a, there's, a, there's a solid, potentially upper League One quality players there. Um Elsewhere on the team, they just it just kind of says kind of solidity. One player that I think we'll, we'll probably welcome back with open arms um, was Tom Pett. Yeah. He's been a real key player for them, um, and he, he plays a majority of games for them in central midfield. So he'll be he'll be back in kind of a midfield two, protecting their back three, um, most likely with Ben Garrity, who who tends to try and um, break the lines a little bit, or Tom Conlon. So they've got they've got they they work hard. They're a real hard working team. They they they. 
they have a high number of duels compared to um, the league average, which means that you know they, they they try and put the ball in certain areas, which create you know those one v one situations or those 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 um, kind of physical situations. Um, but they're on a poor run. So I think if we'd play, imagine if we'd played Port Vale three or four weeks ago. Yeah, uh, we'd probably be going into this game with a bit of a different mentality. But just you know, in terms of their run, our run, I'm going to predict another two 0 win. Ooh, interesting. Um, yeah, I, I I can't stray too far from that. I think uh, yeah, I, I just think confidence is going to be on a you know on a bit of a roll, and I think at the moment or this season at least, confidence has been one of our biggest problems. Um, and to kind of come away from two performances against teams that have both been league leaders at some point during the 90 minutes that we've had with them and a solid home performance to a team that are on the same amount of points as Port Vale. I think that, you know, we're going to be able to to look at this and say, actually, yeah, April was a solid month. Um, yeah. And this is a really good um, kind of move into next year. Like, I know you want to finish as high as you can this year. Mike Kennedy made a point in his in his presser about mentioning, you know, we, we're not on the beach. We want to take yeah. every, win every game. We want to finish as high as we can. Obviously, he's going to say that. He's the manager of the football club. Um, um, but there's got to be one eye on next season. Yeah. And if we can go into the end of the season on a really good run with some positivity, and not only for the lads that are at the club now, but also in terms of attracting others, I just think it, it puts us in a really strong position for next season as well, and if we can just keep that, you know, that good run going, it can be can be a real can be a real a real asset for us going forward. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, we've got what six games left or so. Yep. We've got loads of games coming up in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, we've got two. We've got back to back home games. Big game against Barnsley. I can't I couldn't remember the last time we played Barnsley at home in the league game. It feels like such a long time ago. Yeah, um, I don't know. So, so that'll be nice. Yeah. That'll be good. They've obviously got something to play for. I think it's good to play teams that have got something to play for as well at this stage of the season. When you feel comfortable, yeah. you can generally play with a little bit of, you know, just a little bit of confidence, a little bit of less pressure on you. And that suits our players down to the ground. We're a young squad. You know, let's not forget we're the second youngest squad in League One. Um, and you mentioned consistency and confidence. Well, those two things come with, um, with experience, don't they? Yeah, um, absolutely. So... The fact that we're going on to this with a back-to-back wins, yeah, I'm, I'm going in confident as well, and, and I hope this doesn't come across as kind of too confident. I just, I just really fancy us, and I feel we're in a really good place at the moment. And it's nice to say that. Yeah. Uh, me and Gaz had a conversation a few weeks ago. Once we felt like we were safe, um, saying that yeah, we're not mathematically safe, but we think we are. Even if we lose every game for the rest of the season, we're probably still going to stay up. But it'd be. It's a, I think it's important that we don't do that. And the concern I had is we just coasted mm. and we haven't coasted at all. We've we've really pushed on and hopefully we can continue that on Saturday. Absolutely. So there we go. That is good point, a, a good spot rather to wrap up the Port Vale game um, previews. I think uh, one person that we won't be seeing on Saturday will be Ted Bishop. I think uh, Mark Kennedy said in his press conference that he's, he's it's a normal, it's a regular hamstring injury, but um, yeah, I think it's not Ted's, too serious. Yeah, it's not too serious. Although Ted's tweaked it a couple of times this season, so they're just going to relax in the pace that they're bringing him back. Um, and I think he also said in there that uh, you know we we may potentially see Dylan Duffy at the weekend. Yeah, he mentioned TJ's back, um, and 
Rob Makepeace made a point of asking about, you know, do, do you want to be getting minutes into players so you can look at players more? And he's, he, kind of, he kind of said yes and no, didn't he? He kind of said, yeah. yes, I want to see them. Um, and specifically Dylan Duffy, who's done really well in training, but hasn't really had the opportunity to get in the team. When we've wanted to give him minutes, it's been really tight games where he didn't feel comfortable bringing him on or we needed to make changes elsewhere. Perfectly understandable reasons. Um, he still wants to make sure that we go on and get as many points as we possibly can. But he must have spent a good minute talking about Dylan Duffy, didn't he? So yeah. um, I think the press conference was only about seven or eight minutes long and he spent yeah, a good chunk of that talking about <laughs> Duffy. So about one player, yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's, it is clearly in his mind there. But I, on Saturday, oh, bloody Saturday again, Monday's performance. Um, and also um, after his cameo on um, on Friday, you can't drop Midas Gipo. And no. Danny Mandrui has been excellent in both those games. But Shadipo was really, really, really progressed. If it wasn't for last Sorensen's superpowers on <laughs> on Monday, I think Shadipo would have been man of the match. Yeah. So, but uh, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what the lineup is on Saturday. Um, I don't think we've got anything else that we need to talk about or plug just yet. Uh, oh, like Rugby FC have got a cup final date. Yes. Go on. Yes, we've, so it's uh, Sunday the 14th of May at the hallowed turf of Sinsel Bank or the LNER Stadium. Uh, 2.30 kickoff. Um, there'll be a small fee to get in. Don't know what it is. It won't be a lot. Um, so, yeah, if you want to come and, uh, come, and, come and watch some Sunday League football, play on a proper football pitch, um, cup final, be great. be great to get as many people in the bank as possible that day and make it a real special occasion for, for everyone involved. If I could just describe to the listeners the size of the smile that came across Chris's face when he was describing being in a cup final being played on the on the grass at Central Bank. Um, yeah, every right to be proud. I'd say what's it so the, the draws been made, so we are officially the home team. Okay. So what that means is we get the home dressing room and most importantly, I get the home dugout. That's that's the most that's the most exciting thing for me. Of course, we want to win the game. We want to have a great day with everybody, but I get to manage a football team in the home dugout. Wow, there you go. And yeah, he is beaming from ear to ear on that news. So uh, yeah, best of luck. I mean, obviously, we will we will plug it again beforehand. Oh, I'll plug um, it every time I want. There you go. Um, so cool. Until then, um, and until Chris plugs it again next time. Uh, I don't think there's anything else, so we'll wrap the podcast up. And up the ends. Up the ends. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Oh. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.